From the studios of Boise State Public Radio News, I'm Gemma Gaudet. This is Idaho Matters. When it comes to making change, art is one of the most powerful tools we have. It has the ability to start conversations, provide new perspectives, and share stories in an accessible way, which is exactly what more than 100 people are doing as part of the Through Positive Eyes Project, a wide-ranging collaboration that uses photography, video, and personal interviews to share the realities of those living with HIV and AIDS in order to combat stigma around this disease. And next week, Dr. David Gere, the founding director of the UCLA Art and Global Health Center, will be talking more about this project and the impact art can have on our lives as part of the Bodies of Work Art and Healing Exhibition being hosted by the Sun Valley Museum of Art. And we're lucky enough to have him joining us now. Thank you so much, Gemma. So this project get started? Well, you know, uh, I teach at UCLA at the University of California, Los Angeles. And uh, some years ago, I was teaching a course in arts activism, basically doing all the things that you just said in your introduction, which I really appreciated, by the way, uh, the idea that, that art can make things happen, that art can change the world in some respects. So in the course of teaching that class, uh, a colleague of mine plunked into my hands a book called A Broken Landscape. Uh, and it's a book of photographs of people from sub-Saharan Africa who are living with HIV and AIDS. And this was actually from about 20 years ago. So it was a period of time when medication was not so readily available in Africa as it was in the US. Uh, that book changed my world. I, I loved it so much because of some beautiful things that it was able to do. Uh, it included photographs of people who were really in, in extreme situations of you know, ill health uh, really struggling to survive, but it also presented them as people who have uh, Im importance in the world, who have value in the world, who have things to say to the world. Uh, and this was accomplished by the photographer Gideon Mendel. So this was my long way around to, to saying that really the, the project started with, with him. Uh, Gideon Mendel wow. is a South African photographer. Uh, he's uh, extremely skilled as a journalist, but also as an art photographer. And he's someone who believes strongly in this idea that the work itself, the photographs, can make things change in the world. Uh, and so I picked up on that. I tracked him down. I found him in London where he had moved, uh, where he had established his own family. And I told him how I was affected by his book and also how my students were affected by it. And I asked mm -hmm. him if he would do a project with us. And he said yes. And that was the beginning of Through Positive Eyes. So talk to us a little bit about the stigma around HIV and AIDS and why it's important to really try to shift that perspective that, that people still may have about this disease. Well, you know, I, I like the way you just worded that, that they still have about this disease, because really things have changed. And, and I mm -hmm. think that it's really important to catch up with medical knowledge. Uh, we still don't have a cure for HIV and AIDS, but we do have really effective treatment. Uh, and so, you know, the reason for stigma is to, you know, th this is kind of from an anthropological standpoint. The reason for stigma is to stay away from things that are dangerous. But there's no reason to stay away from people who are living with HIV any longer because it's not dangerous. Uh, treatment is incredibly effective. Uh, it is uh, now available widely around the world. And so there's every reason to dispel those myths from earlier days. Uh, and of course, the key reason for this is that if we're afraid, we won't get tested and treated. And if we don't get tested and treated, then more HIV is proliferating in the world. And so we we just can't stop the epidemic that way. So from my perspective, the best way to stop the epidemic 
is actually to stop the fear, to to lift the stigma. We like to use the word banish, actually, to banish the stigma, to make it go away. And I would imagine that there could be really huge impacts uh, of this stigma on folks who are who are living with HIV. Can you talk a little bit about that as well? Well, it's something that shows up really strongly in this project. Uh, the way the project works, by the way, is that the cameras are in the hands of people living with HIV. So they're actually depicting their worlds in the ways that they want to. They're in control of the camera. Uh, and in addition, we do interviews with them where they tell the stories they want to tell. So it's it's a project that as much as, as it's possible requires the people who are leading it, that is Gideon and I, to get out of the way and to make it possible mm. for people living with HIV to, to tell it in their own way, to tell their own photo stories. When it comes to, to stigma, we have a range of stories that are revealed through this process. And I'll maybe just tell about a couple of them, which are contrasting. Mm -hmm. uh, the first of which is a, a young woman named Priya who lives in Mumbai in India. And Priya was visibly ill when we were working with her some years ago. Uh, she was very unwell, but uh, you know, struggling to, to again, see the value in her life and to, to uh, push forward in her life. But she told a harrowing tale of how stigma had affected her. Uh, she revealed to her husband that she was HIV positive on the assumption that he was actually HIV positive. The, the, the assumption she made was that he had gone out and had other partners and that he had brought the illness back into their relationship. He denied it and he denied her and rejected mm -hmm. her at that moment. And he convinced her children and her parents and her wider family to reject her which left her in, in the most horrible situation, as you can imagine, where she was literally isolated. And she found that the only way to replace the love and care of human beings, which is you know, so significant for all of us, we, we all need it, was to adopt animals. And so she joined, uh, made a family essentially with some goats and dogs, uh, beautiful animals, you know, sweet, sweet animals. And she lived her life with them. And her photographs are actually of them together. She was using a self-timer. She was taking photographs of her, uh, you know, going to sleep at night with the goat curled up next to her, which is extraordinary. Um, so th this is a, a tale, a harrowing tale of how stigma, uh, you know, is, shows up in its worst effects. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I wanted to tell the story of Simiso in South Africa, a young man who, uh, when he discovered that he was HIV positive, came home to his family and told them, and they said, we love you. And they embraced him. Mm. And they, uh, as a result, together made photographs. They're so so beautiful, these photographs, sitting side by side on the couch with their arms around each other, uh, standing side by side with pieces of paper that say HIV positive or HIV negative for the various family members, um, just kind of embracing the, the fact of the matter but also uh, underlining their, their care for each other. And he has a particular story, actually, just to go a step further with Sumiso. It's very moving to me because uh, he was starting to see a young woman uh, and he hadn't yet revealed to her that he was HIV positive and the time had come, he had to do it. And so when he did, she, um, like his own family, embraced him and said that she loved him and gave him a kiss and said, I'm so sorry you're going through this. And I'm here to tell you that some years later, they have married, they've had a child, HIV negative child, which is very possible to do now uh, with new medical information. 
Uh, and it's the exact opposite story from Priya's, the embrace of the family and how important that is. And and talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, the the folks from from different backgrounds and cultures, as you mentioned, um, and the and the significance significance of this, because as you mentioned, you know, you tell the story of of the woman in Mumbai, but you've also done these workshops in places like Mexico City and in Los Angeles. So, I mean, it it seems it, do, how, how does culture play into this? Uh, I guess in terms of looking at stigma, but also people's lived experience. Hmm. Well, culture and politics play a huge role. And as we go from city to city, country to country, we, we find that the situations in, in uh, the new places we go are very different from the last place that we went. Um, mm -hmm. I'll you know, throw an example, actually. A current example is uh, Ukraine. We'd always wanted to work in, in Ukraine long before the conflict that we're we're witnessing there right now. We always wanted to go because the main vector for infection for HIV in Ukraine is actually injecting drug use. Uh, and so we wanted to learn more about that. We wanted to learn more about the stigma attached to it and, and more about what people are dealing with in that part of the, of the world. It happened that when we were first thinking that we were able to go there, uh, it was just the moment at which Russia was first aggressing against the eastern part of, of Ukraine. And it was just impossible to go at that time. But it was always in the back of our minds. Well, recently, we had the opportunity to start working with a young woman who started an organization uh, in Kyiv, in the Ukraine, uh, which is specifically uh, set out to help teenagers to prevent HIV infection or to get treated if they have HIV. So an organization called Teenergizer, and the young woman is named Yana Panfilova. Uh, the reason that I'm bringing this up is that the uh, the situation in, in that country, of course, is fraught because not only are there some, you know, 260,000 people living with HIV in Ukraine, but a, about a tenth of them or more, 15 percent, I'm thinking around 30,000 30, people have fled the country and have to get treatment in a new country. Mm. So it's a, it's a, a, a hugely... Uh, fraught situation for them. It's almost like they're suffering twice, suffering with all the things related to their illness, but now suffering with their having to live as refugees. The most recent version of the project then involved us going to Berlin. Uh, we, we were not able to go into Ukraine itself because it's too dangerous now, obviously. But uh, there are many refugees living in Berlin. And there were many people actually who are living with HIV in Ukraine, still living in Ukraine, who were willing to get on buses and travel for 24 hours to come and join us in Berlin to uh, make a new version of the project there. Um, so I, I bring this up just as a, you know, a key example of how mm -hmm. politics and culture and everything overlays and complexifies the situation of people living with HIV. So what kind of feedback have you received from people who have been participating in the Through Positive Eyes exhibition? Well, as you can imagine, at its best, it's a very empowering project. Uh, we, we call the people who make the work, that is the people living with HIV, who take the photographs and tell the stories, we call them artivists, which is oh, I love that. the two words. You can, you can hear what those words are, artist and activist mm -hmm. at the same time. And there's nothing like activism to kind of, you know, lift the spirits, uh, to make one feel like, you know, we have a voice, we're being heard in the world, people care about us, uh, that we matter. 
And so that's the the net effect, of course, of making this kind of work, which can be seen, by the way, online. Anybody can go uh, on the internet and see it at throughpositiveeyes.org. So you can read their stories and see the images and also see small videos that are made about them uh, on that site. Mm -hmm. But we also do exhibitions in museum settings and galleries and on streets. Uh, we have, in some cases, made theatrical productions out of the stories. So there are many ways to encounter this material. And in each case, you can imagine the validation, that feeling of strength and power that comes from a story being put out into the world in a strong way. Mm -hmm. And I would think that there's got to be such empowerment in this, um, Dr. Gira, because you are literally handing over the reins to to the subjects. And what I mean by that is, um, I mean, they take a short, you know, workshop to teach them how to how to use, uh, you know, a camera to kind of express themselves with photography, um, you know, video, all of that. And that's so different in, in so many senses than other, um, you know, projects similar to this that would go out and they would showcase the, these folks, yet it wouldn't necessarily be them having that, that piece of equipment in their hands. So with that said, how do you think that kind of shifts the, the narrative and, and how these stories are told? Well, I think it, it lends greater intimacy for sure. I have a bit of a story to tell actually, Gemma, about how we landed on this idea of, of giving the cameras and the training to people living with HIV instead of taking their photographs with an outside photographer. Because honestly, 15 years ago when we started the project, that's what we did. We, we actually uh, started out in the pilot project with student photographers who followed people living with HIV who volunteered to be part of the project for a long weekend. And we had student interviewers and they were making a, a version of the photo story, but it was from the outside perspective. And what happened during the course of that long weekend was that the, the, um, the artists who were participating in the project started to call me as the producer and say, you know, we love your students. Your UCLA students are so great. They're really wonderful and respectful and thoughtful people, but they're driving us crazy. Make them go away. And, <laughs> and what they basically meant was, you can imagine what it's like to, you know, for 24 hours or 48 hours or 72 hours to have someone who's got their camera trained on you at all times and how it starts to feel very intrusive from the outside perspective. What happened immediately as soon as we got over you know, that, that problem and realized it would be better to put the camera in their own hands is that they started to, um, to offer up images that they were ready to share, that they wanted to share, that expressed uh, you know, kind of secret and, and uh, you know, special corners of their lives that we would not have had access to otherwise. And so we, it feels like we, we found a sweet spot in, in doing that and in, in changing from outside photographer to inside photographer. Mm. So what role uh, do you think does art play in, in really facilitating change in particular when it comes to improving things like, like public health, but I think also people's perception um, of something like HIV and AIDS? You know, the, the show at the Sun Valley Museum of Art, I have not seen yet myself because I'm in Los Angeles and I'm flying to Idaho actually in a few days and look forward to seeing this exhibition. But I've been reading about it. And what mm -hmm. I understand is that the art in the exhibition is all made by people who are living with various physical illnesses. Uh, and so they're all from the inside perspective, not unlike what I've just described with Through Positive Eyes, the idea that the person who's living 
with this issue is the person who should tell the story and that they should do it in their own terms. And the thing that's significant about that ultimately is that it allows for any viewer of the work, whether it's the photographs in the Through Positive Eyes project or the visual artwork that we're gonna see on the walls of that gallery, it allows the, the viewer to feel connected and to feel a, an empathic response and to feel a, some sense of identification with the people who are making the work. And I think that's the barrier breaking thing. That, that's what makes it possible for us to understand one another in the world, to care about one another, to respond compassionately to one another. Uh, and that's really the, the whole reason for the Through Positive Eyes project existing. And I think it's the reason for art about healing to well, I want to thank you so much for your time and for this conversation. Really, really appreciate it. Well, I really enjoyed talking with you, Gemma. Thanks so much. I look forward to coming to Idaho. Oh, well, we're looking forward to having you here. We've been talking with Dr. David Gear, the founding director of the UCLA Art and Global Health Center, about art's ability to provoke change. He'll be talking more about this subject on February 12th at 6 p.m. at the Argos Performing Arts Center in Ketchum. Thanks so much for listening to Idaho Matters. Boise State Public Radio and Idaho Matters are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Gemma Gaudette. We'll see you tomorrow. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.